This episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast is brought to you today by the Talk That Talk Podcast. Talk That Talk with Tasha Bay featuring co-host Andrea is a podcast for the T, honey. Here's where you can hear everything. Talk That Talk digs into social media news, the world media news, plus some opinions mixed with facts. This podcast also listens to the listeners. So if you have a topic that you want to address, Talk That Talk will address it, period. Tasha V. Andrea also focuses on the good that's happening around the world as well. So come on in and listen to Talk That Talk with Tasha V. and co-host Andrea right here on Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, and all major podcast platforms. Go there today, subscribe, and download to get all the tea, honey. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast. I am your host, Terrence Hutchinson, right here in Atlanta, ATL, Georgia. We are in the Old Robertson Public Relations and Media Group Studios. Happy Monday. Woo, we made it through another weekend, explosive weekend, lots of fun, lots of uh, uh, business opportunities. We play hard and we work hard. And we push ourselves to the max every time. We're not playing games out here, you know. So we have to, we're working hard. We have the fun in the process of doing it. You know what they say, when you love what you do, it doesn't seem like work at all. And uh, I, I'm a, I, believe, I believe that. I'm a testament of that. And I'm having a great time doing what I love to do. And um, on top of that, you know, we're meeting so many people from all over the globe, sharing their stories, sharing their ideas, sharing their challenges sharing their uh, testimonies. I really love the challenges part of this story when I talk to people. Like, the challenges, I'm so intrigued by people's challenges. So many people want to hear stories of success. That's cool. But I want to hear the challenges. You know, what was that struggle like? Where were you? What was your mental state, your emotional state when you were in the trenches, when you was down in there with the dirt and the mud, when you had the mud underneath your fingernails where were you when you felt like you didn't have any more faith you didn't have no more no no more fuel in the tank you felt like everybody left you and you was just there like what was that about you know that's the type of story that i like to have i like to see and i like to hear so you know but anyway we won't get into that but i want to say thank you so much to our sponsors thank you so much to uh, you guys and our advertisers for advertising with us, trusting us in your product, trusting us in your interviews, trusting us in your in, in your brand to really help you know promote and and really push your product out there to a different world, you know, all over the world. Matter of fact, you know, so thank you so much for trusting us with with that. We really appreciate that, and we're going to do. We are doing the best that we can and more to try to make sure that we highlight your product, highlight your brand, you know, to push it out there as much as possible. We thrive on that because that's a representation of us as well. So we want to do a great job for you guys. 
So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So what's going on in the world? As you know, so many things are going on in the world. You can't touch bases on on one or two particular things. Everybody know what's going on, you know, uh, with the pandemic and the election and everything like that. So, you know, how are you feeling mentally? How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling spiritually? Because there's so many things going on in our minds, in our heart, in our spirit, and we don't know what direction to go. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know who to talk to. We don't know who to listen to. <laughs> you know, so it just... You know, we are all over the place. So how are you? What's your mental space at right now? Who is in control of you? Is it your mind or is it your heart? Because, you know, sometimes, depending on the situation, those two can't get along to save you, okay? They always balance. So are you making emotional decisions or are you making rational decisions? I want to know who's in control. So it's, it's hard sometimes, you know, we can get them to agree on some things that I'll be good with that. But sometimes it's, it's better <laughs> that, you know, the brain is take over and we make great rational decisions over our heart. We get to, to work out over things. So, you know, as business owners, entrepreneurs, we have to make executive decisions. And, you know, a lot of times our heart don't allow us to do that. So, you know, what well, we have to make executive decisions with our brain so anyway <laughs> that's a whole nother segment so i'm gonna bring on my next guest right now there's so much going on i we can come back another time and discuss, discuss this so my next guest go by the name of christine pettaway christine pettaway left a career in medical and pharmaceutical advertising to launch blacktrade.com and spearheaded an industrial design initiative in the black community she believes that in order to buy black, one needs to sell black. To sell black, you have to make black products. She believes that black half blacks have to learn how to make their own products to sell to them to one another, and that means product design and development, i.e. industrial design. She is promoting her new initiative through a Kickstarter campaign promotion for blacktrade.com, and we're going to get on that. Okay, so Christine Petaway. Blackstreet, blacktrade.com founders <laughs> launching Kickstarter. You hear I said Blackstreet. <laughs> That's all right. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> blacktrade.com founder is launching a Kickstarter campaign. Detroit, Michigan, August 2020, National Black Business Month. Her mission is to unite buyers and sellers that represent the African uh, diaspora globally. Hope I said that word right. Why building I wealth? About- I, I messed it up too. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's that's okay because I saw it. I said, okay, we got you, got you, got you, got you. Why building wealth among Black individuals, families, communities, and countries? Um, they encourage inclusion and welcome all ethnicities. Ethnicities. I get tongue-tied somebody when I say that. To join us, or join, yeah, us, I'm a part of that, I'm going to be a part of that, and trade as um, we build communities worldwide. Blacktrade.com is a marketplace platform that provides an international meeting place for people to advertise and market their businesses while buying, selling, trading, wholesaling, and providing services to all members. Welcome to the program today, Ms. Petway. Petway, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. I'm hanging in there. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, you know, reaching out to Beyond. We really appreciate you. You know, we Absolutely. always look for great content from, from individual, individuals like yourself who are doing major things, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, before so, you... I guess I'll... Go, go, go for it. Go for it. I'm sorry. I got a big mouth, so, you know, you, you say what you got to say first because I'll... <laughs> who knows where it's going to go. <laughs> It's it's all it's all good because we we go like we're so anxious to get into it so let's just relax take a deep breath okay <laughs> so, that's right that's right we, you got the right idea <sighs> before <laughs> <laughs> before you came on we were talking about wearing many hats you know you were talking about you know you had to do some things last night that that were unexpected and then this morning you had to get your mind right for other things so. You know how has you how have you been developing um, coping strategies with everything that you're going on? Like you said, you had to wear many hats. Like, how are you able to do it? What's your strategy? Um, well, I think one of the first strategies is kind of um, I think it's old school, and I don't know who who said it first, so I'm not necessarily taking credit for this idea or whatever. But you kind of have to understand what you really can do and what you can't do. So if you are doing a startup, if you don't have a whole lot of money like me, um, if you are doing something that is really expansive and it's really on the long term as far as scaling it, it's going to take a lot of money or a lot of people, then um, you definitely do want to do it. Yeah. Hello? I'm here. Um, But at the same time, you you really want – what you really want to focus on is doing the things that you know you can do well. So if you are a business startup and you know you can do your own website, it doesn't really make sense to pay somebody 1400 or two grand when you know you can do it yourself, even if it takes right. you a little longer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those are the type of things that you ways you have to think about things. If you know you're not the best at uh, designing, decorating, marketing, whatever aspect it is of your business or your um, initiative, if, even if you're nonprofit, that you know you can't do or you're not that good at, that's the places where you need to spend a little bit of money. But um, as far as wearing a lot of hats, um, it, it you kind of can't get around it, but at the same time, you definitely have to know what you know and what you don't know. And I worked in pharmaceutical and medical advertising as a copy editor, as a proofreader. And um, so I know a lot about advertising and marketing, but in respect to what I personally do outside of that, um, I really was never really the thing for me. You know what I mean? It's, it's two different things when you're in it and you have a, a segmented job and then when you need it, then it's a whole different thing. It's like you would think you would really know, but really it's, you get it, but it's at the same time you, it's done on such a high scale that it's, it's different. So I think that's just one of the things as far as wearing a lot of hats. It's like know what hat fits and know what hat doesn't fit. If the hat doesn't fit and you really can't do it well, then don't, don't try to do it. Find someone else yeah. to do it. But I think one of the things that um, a lot of um, entrepreneurs and a lot of startups um, <clears throat> miss, even when they're doing small operations like uh, making some sort of skin cream or some sort of hair product, um, is not not spending enough money on advertising and not spending enough money on marketing, thinking, oh, I can get on this social media or that social media and I can just blast my stuff and my friends will help me or people will help me. And some, for some people it works, and it's really odd because we all know 
that we probably had something in the past that we're like, I'm going to put this on social media or I'm going to tell my friends and it's going to go viral and it just doesn't. <laughs> just yeah. the water. And you're like, how did that not work for me and it worked for the other person? Because it's really kind of a balance and you really sh- we really should be using traditional advertising methods along with social media and any other new methods that come along. So, I mean, it really, truthfully, if you're a startup, you should be trying to find somewhere you can put it in the paper. Because even though you might think that a lot of people don't read the newspaper or don't read printed material, the fact is people do still read it. And then on top of that, it stays there forever. So if your friend leaves a magazine in their house for three months and it's laying on the table or laying on the side and you come in, that ad is still really running. You know what I mean? Whereas when you do something that is um, a lot, an African-American community, a lot of times we do stuff... Um, we operate on consumable things. Almost everything is consumable. So we need to not only buy consumable things from each other, but we also need to buy things that are sustainable. So consumable yeah. things are anything that you use and then don't need anymore. Even rent is consumable. You know what I mean? You pay your rent for one month, you consume the month, the time of living there, and then it's over. You know what I mean? Um, so certain things we, we have to balance out. But as far as wearing a lot of hats, um, my whole thing is really trying to, you know, having to look yourself in the mirror and be honest and say, hey, I really don't get this. Or, hey, I really don't understand that. Or this is um, giving me certain problems or certain uh, issues. I can't do it, turn it around fast enough. And you hand it off to someone else and find someone affordable that you can do it for, that, that can do it for you. You know, um, so, I mean, that is what I have learned. Um, and in the past, it's been a, a big mistake of mine, not understanding the the necessity for not just having a plan, because people always say, have a business plan, have a marketing plan, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan. Okay, you really have to need to have a do, have a do, have a do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because cause the plans, I mean, when you don't have a lot of money and you're starting a business or you're launching something, the plans is almost like a fictional story. <laughs> like the pro forma, every, everything is pro forma. Pro forma or, 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 or um, what is it? It's another term that they use when you write... Um, business plans and financial plans and everything. I forget it now. Um, I used to do a lot of them like 10 years ago. <laughs> I used to write them yeah. all the time. But um, anyways, um, so I mean, as far as wearing a lot of hats, I think that that's what um, I'm trying to, I try to focus on um, knowing what I know, knowing what I don't know, and then handing the things off when um, when necessary. Right. Excellent. Um, well, some people don't know what they don't know. You know, and it's hard for them, especially during these times right now, to just say, you know, so many people was laid off with, with their jobs and stuff like that due to the uh, pandemic. And it forced them to, you know, do something else, you know, or maybe they had an idea or a dream of starting a business, but they were so comfortable in their careers that they were afraid to jump. And now I think with with the pandemic, they may have lost their job, so it forced them out. So they may have tried to start. I know a lot of people who starting to um, create a plan to start their own business, and they use social media as that springboard. Mm-hmm. But like you said earlier, a lot of people, you know, do not get that traction that they that they think they may get from from social media. I mean, I used to be the same way. Then I realized that. When I use social media, social media for marketing and advertising, I really market outside of my immediate my immediate group. Because one thing I realized that close friends and family 
you know, depending on <laughs> they don't really support as you thought or wish they should. Yeah, it's really um, uh, it's odd. It's an odd phenomenon. But you know, I mean, that's that's what it is, and that's why we just have to, you know, that it's one of those things that it's easy to get hung up on and say, oh, I don't understand why my family and my best friends and they're not spending money or they're not, you know, you're not helping out or they're not there. So, like I thought they. Side, we need to just get over it and keep moving because it, it, it ain't gonna stop you know you just can't let no, that stop your show you just got to move on with it yeah. but you know um the real reason why i started black trade is because for one thing it's it's a it's an idea and it's a thing that um i've sort of dabbled with in the past just on my own but what i realized is that um African Americans really need to understand industrial design. Me myself, I didn't even know what industrial design was. I was almost like, "Eh, what's that big word for and what is it all about?" It sounds really complicated, but it's not complicated. Industrial design is product design. But I took a um I was taking art classes 5 years ago at a university in Detroit. And um and one of the girls that I was in the class with, it, well, her major was industrial design. I'm like, what is industrial design? She's like, oh, well, I make products, and I do this, and I do that on the computer. And we find out how to model it, and we do all the stuff. And then they make the model, and then they make a mold. And I was like, wow, why is nobody even talking about industrial design in the way that it's talked about in a university setting? And I was like, if people knew what industrial design, the industrial design was product design a lot more people would do it but it's like and I was like upset I was so hurt I was like I wish somebody told me about industrial design when I was 20 I would have been making products a long time ago if somebody would have told me what it was you know it would have been my number one career choice so I was like wow we need to understand this we need to know what it is and we need to start doing it because that's one of the reasons why um the African-American community um or African um, people, people from Africa, um, that's one of the reasons why sometimes we've been falling behind. It's like sometimes we always say, I got a job, I got a job, I got a job. But now it's time, black people, we didn't did the job thing. We got to stop bragging about having jobs. We're supposed to have jobs. We're supposed to have some kind of income. And I don't even like the whole job thing. I, I did mostly freelance work. I worked on Stafford, um, large advertising agencies, but I did a lot, a lot, a lot of freelance in New York and in L.A. and even here in Detroit. You know, but the thing is this. We got to get over the job thing. We don't need a job. We need an income. We got it, it, So that's, this is one of the things that I learned working in copy editing. See, before I started doing advertising, I worked in legal proofreading and financial proofreading. And as I was proofreading, I was learning about the financial world. I was learning about the legal world. I was reading contracts, big, big, big contracts with superstars, super duper stars, the top stars at the time 20 years ago suing each other <clears throat> you know what I mean yeah so mm-hmm. but what I'm trying but what I'm really getting at is that black people have to get over the job thing keep your job keep your bills paid keep your mortgage paid take care of your family but you're thinking in the meantime your thinking has to change and that is the real thing that the African-Americans specifically in the United States need to really get it's not about having that paycheck it's about having an income now how do you get an income how do you get a sustainable income this is what black trade is about black trade is not just about saying oh um, I'm I'm in Detroit and I want to buy this product this um, some cocoa beans from Nigeria or from Ghana or or um, I'm gonna uh, invest in a, a rice farm in, in the Sudan you know what I mean? It's, that is part of it. That's what black people need to be doing. We keep trying to take with somebody. Or we, we keep trying to get a part of what is already established. We have to go into new markets. 
okay? 20 years ago, the big banks started. That's how they got all up. That's how India got built up and, and, and stuff like that. Even 20 years ago, India, 15, 20 years ago, India did not have the economic and the infrastructure that it has now. The big banks started going to India 15 and 20 years ago, even before that. But I'm saying from my personal experience. They started going and investing. Black people keep trying to say, uh, uh, we keep trying to fight for this fake social justice. We are beyond the MLK march and speech. I'm sorry, but we are. We're beyond that. And the reason why we're beyond that is because it has not gotten us what it was supposed to get us. So now we need a new speech and a new march and a new attitude and a new way of thinking. And the way we need to be doing things is we need to find out how to get raw goods, how to make products, and how to deal with our people all over the world. That's what everybody else is doing. That's what everybody has always been doing. And we keep fighting for a job and saying, oh, I got the new Gucci or I got, excuse me, Gucci, but that's the real deal. You know what I mean? We're spending $400 on Gucci sandals living in the poorest uh, 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 um, hood in Brooklyn. And we could be taking that $400 and we could be taking it and investing and micro-investing in somebody who is making jewelry or making clothes or, or, or raw fibers in Africa. You know what I'm saying? That's what we got to do. If we don't do it, we're not going to survive the next hundred years. This whole, the whole technology has speeded things up so fast that life has become more and more and more expendable. And black people are getting caught on little nails and little chips and little rocks in the road. And we're not focusing on the big picture. The big picture is that if African people, people from Africa, Negroes, I don't care what country you're from, Brazil, uh, 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 Aboriginal in, 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 um, in Australia, if you Caribbean in the UK, if you're African-American, if you're Canadian, if you're in the islands, it does not matter. If we do not figure out how to make, sustain ourselves and one way or another, we will get wiped out. Because if we see over and over, every time it's a tragedy, we at the we at the we at the bottom of it. Okay, we had Katrina, then we got COVID. What's going to be next? Well, it's it's it, I don't I don't. You see what I I'm agree saying? With, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. But um, now you you know that there's a lot of African Americans out here who are doing the same things or do have the same mindset of you we just got to you know find each one is know who we are and then you know uh partner exactly. up exactly 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 i'm not saying I, that i'm not saying I'm, I'm the only one i'm definitely not right, saying right. i'm the only one that's not the point my point is that when i speak like this is because even though there's other people out there that are doing similar things that actually have already been in Africa back and forth starting businesses and doing stuff like that, it's not happening on a mass scale. And the conversation in, in many aspects of the African-American community is still the same. The conversation, I, I mean, conversation has to change. You know what I mean? It has to be a resonance in our community where these type of things are the things that we're talking about. We're not talking about what the new um, rap song was. We're not talking about uh, 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 who got the award or who didn't get the award. I'm not saying that you can enjoy those things. All I'm simply saying is that we're focusing so much on trivi- trivial blackness, and we're not getting to the core of blackness. And the core of blackness, the core of I'm losing you. I'm losing you. <laughs> oh, my volume is up. I'm sorry. But um, I'm so sorry. I'm here. But we basically, we have to sustain ourselves through products and services. We have to be able to do that. It doesn't mean we can't 
do it with other people. Obviously, we will always be, you know, we're in a global economy. But African Americans and African people, we have to create our own global economy. We have to be able to say, hey, if I can't get the steel from XYZ country, I can go to XYZ country. We're always backed in a corner. We're always, uh, uh, one hand is always tied. We're always almost forced into a deal or forced into a job or forced into a situation. And we have to create methods and we have to create a platform all over the world, not just this one, all over the world where we are able to connect, reconnect, do commerce, and assist each other as we grow individually, as we grow as families, as we grow as communities, as we grow as countries. And so that's really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the, the conversation in the black community has to start, start change in the sense where it has to be the thing that's on the table every day, not, not, not so-and-so's new dress. You know what I mean? Not how so much someone so looks so cute in the black bikini, or not even, not even necessarily. Oh, that was suit. It's like, yeah, that's cute, and that's, you know, it has a, some value. But at the end of the day, it don't really move us forward. So, what if somebody decided the black woman was beautiful and put her in the bikini? We already know the girl's fine. So what? You know what I mean? Right. So. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that our, our conversation has to change on a daily basis, not in a sense where it has to be heady, like, oh, brother or sister, you're not doing nothing, so I can't talk to you or I can't be friends with you. But in a real sense to say, hey, you know, what are the things that you really like to do? I mean, a lot of black men love fashion. A lot of black men love um, um, running shoes. They love tennis shoes. They love sports shoes. They love sports clothes. I mean, black men should be the leaders in athletic sports wear globally. And that's the truth. Black American men, black American men should be the leaders in shoe design and in, in athletic shoe design and athletic apparel because we're the ones that make, well, not even me because I'm not a man, but you guys are the ones that make it pop. Everybody else love it, but if, if a black man, black man decide, hey, we this is the stuff. Everybody else, I guarantee you, everybody gonna want that tennis shoe. Everybody gonna want that tracksuit. You know what I yeah, mean? And that's, that's the truth. It, it's that's just the, the same, same way. Thing. It go for it. That's 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 the same thing with. Um, I go back to when Michael Jordan came out, and he had the the Air Jordan logo with the Nike. And then, but he wanted partnership, a, a part of ownership in Nike, and they would not give it to him. So, but he did not own the um, Air Jordan logo, the Jumpman. He did not own that logo, I, I believe. But um, maybe he did. But he left Nike and started his own thing. You know, that's why when you see Air Jordans right now, it just says Jordan. There's, there's no Nike symbol on them. Um, oh, yeah, so that's he, true. No, no, no. Yeah. He, <laughs> He was able to, uh, you know, leverage that, um, his logo, leverage, leverage his credibility, leverage his, his, um, his pro athlete status into creating one of the top brands in the world from a Jordan. So when you're talking about African-Americans talking about the next shoe, uh, they, they line up in line, you know, just to get the Jordan. It's, I don't it's, I never paid that much for a pair of sneakers in my life. You know what I mean? Um, moving forward to what Master P, um, Percy Miller is doing, he got a shoe out, he got a sneaker out, and also what he's done with, uh, what, what he's doing with um, the noodles that he came out to try to replace 
the ramen noodles and um, also with the, the pancake products and this rice products that he's trying to replace with um, Aunt Jemima products. And the question, I brought that up. I was listening to everything you're saying and it sounds, I mean, you're making sense. I, I, I totally agree what you're saying. But my question is, like what Master P said recently in the video, he was like, he came out with his, his brand of noodles and the first thing the African community asked him was like, how many so how much sodium is in your product where you get the regular ramen noodles you never ask these these owners who are not black how many sodium in there you just went and got it you know what i'm saying so the question mm -hmm. is you know mm -hmm. can and when we find each other to work with mm -hmm. is it sustainable can we work together can we get along without having all these different questions well, the painful truth is that um, that that's correct. You know, if uh, if I decide to sell um, hair extensions, then I'm gonna go through a lot more questions and a lot more tosses and turns with the average uh, sister, unfortunately, than um, the non-black woman that is selling uh, hair extensions. That's the way we do each other. And the thing is this, black people have to decide that they we are going to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Now, we know when we're dealing with a knucklehead. Okay, come on. All of us know. We know when we're really yeah. dealing with a knucklehead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Half the time, most black people have been through so much nonsense before they turned, uh, before they got through high school that, that, that they could see a knucklehead walking up the street and they could decide to go the other direction. Okay? So we, don't, we, we know when somebody is really full of crap. Okay? But the thing is, a lot of times black people want to take each other through some extra emotional mess uh, 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 for yeah. whatever. For whatever reason. And that, that's the uncomfortable truth that we have to face. But, but, but yeah. we can flip it and we can say, you know what, let's give each other the benefit of the doubt. That's what every other group does. Black people always complain and say, oh, well, this black man did this to me or that black woman did that or somebody lied to me or tricked to me and I had a bad experience and I'm never going to deal with this black people again because blah, 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 blah. Every single race on the planet deals with the same crap in their uh, uh, commerce and business and social in a in a personal life and a family. Everybody has right. somebody that's a rat. Everybody got somebody that do them wrong and dab them in the back or don't have it's the damn truth. I mean excuse my sense, yeah. but it's the freaking truth. And black people act like we the we on the island. When it comes to this one issue in life, we on an island and we the only ones that can't trust each other. But we've been taught not to trust each other other. So we have to just decide to trust each other. Not to decide to trust somebody that's that we know is a stark raving fool. No. Right. But when, we, when a black person that look like they got half a sense and they walk up where they're doing something and they say, you know, blah, 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 we can decide. You can decide. Every black person listening, you can decide to give every single black person the benefit of the doubt. And as soon as they act a fool or they get out of line, then you can say, nope, I'm not dealing with that because I didn't deal with enough stuff. I'm black too. I get it. But I'm not dealing with your crap. But black people decide that they, they don't want to do that. So that's what black people have to decide. We have to say, I'm going to give that black man a benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give that sister a benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give that mother a benefit of the doubt. And if she steps yeah. sidesteps, then I'm going to go and I'm going to say, no, I'm not doing that with you. I'm not putting up with that. So that's all we have to do. That's what everybody else does. It's called the benefit of the doubt. That means when somebody steps up to you and they say, I'm Christine Petway and I'm doing blah, 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 and blah, 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 that you take them for their word. Now, once they step out of their word and they show you that they that they lying or that they, or they shifty or they're doing something wrong, then that's when you're supposed to act 
and protect yourself and say, no, I'm not going to deal with you. But black people, right. if you walk up to black people and say, I'm Christine Petway, they'll say, show me your ID. I don't believe you. There used to be times when people didn't even have ID. We got all of well, this social I, media proof of every of life. It's like social media yeah. is a proof of, of life for everybody. It's like if we don't videotape everything that we said and we did for the last 80,000 years, then we got 80,000 sisters and brothers online saying, I don't believe you. I don't know. Da, 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 da. Right. And it's like, meanwhile, we're wasting time when other people are becoming billionaires and trillionaires. These people are trillionaires. They're not billionaires. They're trillionaires. You think that you well, think Jeff Bezos is, 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 is on the top of the world? No. Somebody got 20 times more money than him, and we don't even know their name. <laughs> well, it's a, lot of, it's, a, it's a lot of times people who are millionaires, especially black millionaires, um, them and the ones that I know actually had mentors, and they really had to pull themselves up for the bootstrap. But a mentor uh, really showed him how to navigate um, in the business world and everything like that. It helped them with emotional intelligence, helped them how to move from, you know, people who you shouldn't be around that's going to really sabotage your contribution to, you know, to your success. But I want to I want to say something, you know, I, I'm in total agreement with everything you said, but, you know, well, it's no but. Um, back in 2000, and not, not 2000, um, 1908 to 1921, you know, we had um black wall street everybody knows about that i think right now it's been really um swept underneath the rug and a lot of new millennials and the power of social media people are not thinking about back then in the early 1900s where uh black our black communities we worked together we had 600 businesses um around 20 plus churches we had restaurants grocery stores movie theaters um, airplanes, hospitals, banks, post offices, law offices, and uh, public transportation all in our community. We own that. We control that. You know, and I think um, black folks in the black community, we need to really get back to that particular ownership. Now, what happened in um, during those times, you know, we show so much independence as a race as a community we didn't need any outside help and i think that terrified people it showed them that you know absolutely we were able, we were able to succeed on our own and we we still we still are able to do that but if we try to do that you know some people from my experience you know feel like you know oh okay if we just to say for certain franchises it may cost Ten to a hundred thousand dollars to start up, depending on you know what you're getting. You know what I mean. And then you just to say you a franchise costs a hundred thousand dollars to start up. Restaurant. Why would you want to stop? What? What? Stop black people. Stop black people. Why would you no, want to no, franchise listen. anything listen, <laughs> that listen, that you listen, didn't start? Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. This is just an example. It's not a mm -hmm. suggestion. It's just an example. I'm using this as an example. But what I'm trying to say is, if you decide to franchise something, and you say you need a hundred thousand, you need you need some friends to go in with you. You know, you do that, you make that work. Now, are you able to work as a collective team with that franchise? You know, this is all I'm saying. Me, I don't care for franchises. Okay, that's not what I'm just using that as an example to clarify my point. But you know, if we go back to 
um, the days of Black Wall Street. It's nothing no other culture can take from us because we are stronger now um, financially than we ever been. But we just got to collectively, collectively bond together those. Black those people. Money. How many millionaires are in the African community now worldwide? How many millionaires? Ain't no way in the world. We don't need that. millionaires. We don't need millionaires. That's what black people, that's what I'm saying. Black people need to give you, once you validate me and I validate you, then that then we validate that each other are black gold, okay? We don't need the millionaires. We don't need the billionaires. That's why we're failing because we're trying, we trying to get somebody on a, a pedestal to, 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 to invest in us. and We got more money than they got collectively. And they only, they only going to shark take a few people. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Christine, <laughs> you, you, you're interrupting me. To figure out where we go. I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this Black Wall Street story. Let, you're, not, you're not letting me finish my statement. Tell me, you tell just, me, because I don't know where you go. <laughs> where you're you going? Me, you're not giving me a chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please tell you're me. Tell me what it is, brother. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I'm 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 when I'm when I'm talking it I'm talking hypothetically when I say millionaires putting money together putting owning banks owning grocery stores and stuff like that. Now I agree with you what you was about to say. You really don't need millionaires. You can start a business. You can do things on your own. Like right now you're starting your Kickstarter. You're starting the BlackTrade.com, which is an excellent idea. And you starting from where you are. You left um, your career in medical and pharmaceutical advertising to launch that. So that's your idea. You really don't need a millionaire, but just the idea is a, a million dollars can bring you a million dollars. I agree with you on everything that you're saying. Okay, I really do. You know, the whole thing is to get the idea out, generate some interest, which you're doing right now with with the Kickstarter, get people to invest. And then flood them with your vision, you know, flood them with your ideas and make sure they know who you are as a thought leader. They know who you are as a uh, creative person, a creative mind, um, a business owner, and you have a vision. Um, you're talking about selling, buying and trading wholesale across the world. This is a global, global product. Like you're already into product um you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it's a brilliant idea. I, 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 I support you 100% with this. You know what I mean? We just got to, we just got to, I hate when phone calls come up. We just got to just push it out there more. Okay, now finish. Uh, well, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just, um, the thing is that um, we don't necessarily need a lot of people with, with um, deep pockets. What you need is you need proactive, everyday people. See, proactive, everyday people is what makes everything in the world move continuously and flow, not the rich people. The rich people pay you to do a job, to run a company, to, to uh, check on their financial stuff, to make sure their, their business or their property is taken care of. But the regular, everyday people are who, who do it. And the black community loves to put a few people on a pedestal and then somehow feel like that is is um that's i don't know if that's acceptable or i don't even know how to i don't even know exactly where to go with that but the fact of the matter is is that it's essentially it's idolatry 
you know, we're going to take one or two black people and say, that's the beautiful black person. That's the rich black person. That's the black sports star that we all love. And we're going to put those black people on a pedestal. And then in everyday life, a lot of black people diminish each other and diss each other just, just on a regular for no good reason half the time, just on some hateration stuff. You know what I mean? But then we want to have these little fake black idols like they, the billionaires or a couple beautiful people that can sing or dance or do great movies and, and writers and then say, oh, these, this, is, this, is, this is blackness. This is black excellence. No, that's not. That's a droplet. Those, those famous, all the famous rich black people at the top, they're droplets. They're droplets of you. They're droplets of me. They're droplets of every African and black and Negro person all over the world. There's so much black excellence and there's so much, uh, 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 there's so much black excellence that has been squandered over the last 60 years, and then we put a few black people on a pedestal and say, that's what it is. No, that's not what it is. You listening to this show, you are what it is, okay? You running this show, you are what it is. Me trying to start this on my own, me, I'm what it is. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what people need to understand. When people understand that they little two cents counts, then they put their two cents in. But we tell, we being told our two cents don't count. Just just praise these people. Just buy their album. Just buy their clothes. Just buy their this stuff. No, you're you're supposed to be making your own stuff. You're supposed to be saying, if you're a black woman and you really really love fashion, then and you can't afford to go to fashion school, you can get online and you can find classes where you can learn how to draw and you can learn how to start making clothes on your own. You can buy a cheap, a uh, refurbished uh, 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 um, sewing machine for sixty dollars. And you could just start making your own T-shirts at home. You could go right. to some of these places in South Central L.A. I, you drive by them. Sometimes you'll find those places they got a dollar a yard fabric. That's how black people need to be thinking. It's great to be an accountant. It's great to be a bookkeeper. It's great to be a lawyer. It's great to be a this or it's great to be a that. But we need physical, tangible uh, uh, skills that can keep us through the next generations of the next really four or five generations that's what we need we've you know a lot of technology and a lot of uh, a higher education is great but we are constantly black people need to stay up totally up with the times and if you totally up with the times it's what you can see is that that um commerce and skills toggle and we're toggling we're toggling between uh high level technical skills like app development and that sort of thing and, and, and uh, real-world skills like sewing, like rudimentary sewing, like women used to sew all of their, their kids' clothes. My parents were, were designers. My parents made all of our clothes. So when I was a kid, we didn't, you know, up until I was almost in junior high school, I did not, we did not buy clothes from the store. My parents, my dad, my father, my father and my mother, they would be at the sewing machine. They would make our dresses. They would make our coats. You know what I mean? And these are the type of things that black people need to know how to do. And it's, it, it, it's a lot of black people think this type of stuff is insulting now. They want to say, I have a degree. I have a master's. I'm a therapist or I'm a, or I'm a this or I'm a that. But, but, but those things are great in, in the European construct of what is great. That's what black people need to understand. Having all these degrees right. is great in a European construct. The whole degree system is European and Middle Eastern. It's not African right. at all. You know what I mean? Okay. So the thing, so so let me let let me let me get to the main point. The main point is this. We have to make physical products. That's how China came up over the last sixty to eighty years. China, somebody came to China and they said, China, you guys have a whole lot of people, which means you can do labor. 
for a really fair price for us. Can we do business with you? And even though China was a communist and the rest, most, a lot of the rest of the world was going democratic, they said, yeah, we can do this kind of deal because this works for us and this works for you guys. So that's what black people need to do. We need to be able to make our own chairs. We need to be able to make our own furniture. We need to be able to make our own lamps. We need to be able to make our own uh, uh, accessories, not just jewelry, not just jewelry, not just hair products, not just skin products. We have to be able to make the products that we use every single day. You know why we have to? Because that is what gives our community global value. Okay, if all we do is go to another man and get a job and then go to another man and pay him to buy every good and service and the land or property that we live in, then we are stuck in essentially a covert system of slavery. Because every time we get a nickel, it's from a man that's not a black man. Every time we spend a nickel, we sell it, we, we're buying it from a woman that's not a black woman. And that's right. what I'm trying to get through. That, that's where my yes. energy is coming from. My energy is coming from the fact that we, we, we love this uh, higher education and we got real heady with this. And it's a lot of great black thinkers and educated people and we need them and we want them. But the point is that we need to, we need to be able to do basic stuff. If, 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 if there was an MP3 attack and we didn't have electricity, how would you get your products or services if you couldn't get online? You wouldn't being a bookkeeper uh, wouldn't help you. Being a psychologist I, wouldn't help you. I, you would have to be I, able to make a, a pair of shoes for yourself. You would have to be able right, to make a coat for yourself. You got to be able to make a hat for yourself. Christina. Or either you need somebody in your community that can do it. Christina. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> okay. But listen, listen to me. I agree what you're saying as far as the higher education. Okay, I get that. We are we are conditioned to, now hear me out, we are conditioned to go to school to get a higher education. Now, and they trap you in with the student loans. They trap mm-hmm. you in with the credit cards. Okay, mm-hmm. so by the time you are a sophomore, the average sophomore may be in five to $7,000 in credit card debt. By the time you finish with this college education, you may be in debt uh, on that loan to Sally Mae or somebody like that for forty to $100,000. Hey, you want to be a doctor? Well, if you don't have scholarships, you don't have a rich uncle, you don't have loans or whatever, you got to get this student loan. So now here's the flip side. Yes, you got your doctorate, right? You got residency. You did 12 years of school and you're making X amount, thousands of dollars per year, but yet you also owe thousand dollars mm-hmm. a year for mm-hmm. that. Exactly. Education. Mm-hmm. I know people who never stepped, barely got out of high school and making six figures easy just by being creative from their own mind. You know what I mean? And said, look, I'm great at this. I'm going to make some money. I got a homeboy that's making six figures. He on barbershop. Barely, he just cut here. I got another friend that cut yards. He got, he got his whole company and never set foot on a college campus. So you have to, like you said, your parents created, she, they made the clothes. Well, let me. I agree with you about that. I understand that because even back during the times where our ancestors really had anything coming out of slavery, living in the hood or whatever, whatever. We had discarded clothes from other, wherever we found them at. And we made garments out of those discarded clothes from other cultures or whatever, whatever. And Mm -hmm. we made a 
fashion sense of it all. If you look at the Dapper Dan story, Dapper Dan, he came up out of Harlem during the hip-hop era. He took all these mm-hmm. high-end fashion, Gucci, and all that stuff like that, and turned it into something. And this is where the copyright laws come in at. He took something from nothing. And now Gucci today hired Dapper (laughs) Dan to be the man. Yeah, I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now he's putting everybody else on, you know, so it's like, I agree with you. Yeah, but see see what you, but but what you have to understand, even, um, I don't, I don't, um, I remember Dapper Dan from back in the day, um, mid to late '90s, and then um, I, and then now he got big again when the whole Gucci thing happened a couple years ago. But see, this is what Black people need to understand about um, being high up in the corporate structure. Okay, I worked in corporate America. I worked in law firms. I worked in financial institutions, um, and uh, also in, in advertising agencies. What Black people need to understand when they get their degrees master's degrees or, or, or bachelor's degrees or even a PhD and they get a high level job in corporate America. The thing is that this is the thing about corporate America and this is why I, I have a, such a strong uh, a voice for full financial independence for black people um, from, 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 from the, from the um, rocks, goods and soil, whatever comes from the, from the land and from whatever you can make. This is why, this is why I'm so strong with my direction. Because most of the black people that are high level in corporate America are muted. They have to keep their job. They cannot really speak <laughs> up for black people. When they get there, it's like they're like when the Gucci thing happened, everybody was like, hire somebody a black people to say something when they do something. The black people that get hired ain't gonna say a good stuff thing. They ain't going to say nothing because they got $100,000, $200,000, $300 check coming in. And those people do some crazy stuff. They're going to be like, check. I say something, no check. They ain't going to say nothing. So stop thinking if you put a couple black people at the top, it's going to make changes for the black community. Those black people end up technically, without being too rude, they end up being sellouts. Because the only thing they can do is get their check and be the black face at the table. They generally do not have a real say. And the fact of the matter is I have been in those high-level meetings. I have had senior positions at advertising agencies, ad agencies. And the people, the black people get treated like crap. All they have to do, all they can do is do their job and do what everybody say they could do. And they're so happy they're there because they paid for that college degree. They got to pay college loan. They got to, they're paying overpriced rent probably because they got to live in a better neighborhood. They can't live in the hood, hood, hood if they're working in a nice job with people that are middle class or upper, upper middle class. They probably got a car note. You said it. They got all of these loans attached to starting with college loans and credit cards. They start, got all these loans attached to their degree and it's attached to their career so when the black people get to the top of corporate america they are tongue-tied they are hand-tied they are hog-tied the only thing they can do is collect a check and be and, yeah, and still well, be black because that, that that can't well, change so, so well, that's you know why what? i'm saying that's why i speak like this that's why i'm like i don't i don't no, do no, the, no. I, don't, I don't do the bs with it i don't play with no, it because no, i've been no, there no, no, and no. i didn't <laughs> I've been there, and they tell black wait, people wait, they don't wait, have no power. <laughs> they don't have no wait, power. Wait, wait, wait. I look. I look. Trust me. I've seen it all myself. I agree with you. I experienced it myself. As soon as you speak firsthand. up, you get fired. As soon as you speak up, you get fired. I just want the all the black people that's in college that think if they get a high position at a big company, it's gonna make a difference. I'm not saying that it won't be a, a situations where black people won't well, be able to make a, a difference in corporate America or something. Right. Let, let me just finish. Let me let me finish real quick because this is part of my life experience and career experience too. But it's not to say that black people can't make a difference at all, like 100%, you won't never make a difference. But what I'm saying is that 
any real change has to, it's almost, the truth is like this. The bigotry in the system, systemic racism is financial and it's so, and it's woven into every aspect of our society because that's part of how our society was built. That's how Western society was built, you know. So the fact of the matter is, the people have to address it in everyday life. You can't get into one little corner of a situation and think I can make a difference over here in this little corner of a situation when I get this job or when I have a degree, I'll have power or people will listen to me. No, you have to be making those changes. You have to be standing up when you're seemingly powerless, when you don't have any money, when you don't have a degree, when you're getting treated bad at this place or that place, or if somebody's actually really doing something to you, those are the times that you need to speak up. Black people need to speak up when they are technically weak. Black people keep thinking if you're strong and, and you have a lot of money and a lot of degrees and people will trust you and believe you and they'll have confidence and then you can be a leader for the black a, people and you can help the black people. But you cannot help the black people once you once you are under the, the, the European financial system. When you're when you're me. that deeply tied to the European financial system, you cannot do anything because you're dependent on it not only for your daily survival, but also to pay your debt. So the weak black people, so-called, we're not weak, but the people that think that we're weak if you don't have a lot of money or a lot of degrees, we are the people that have to stand up because we are not attached to that financial system. We're not going to lose our whole life because we already don't have a lot of money. We don't have a whole right. lot of money well, to lose. Let me, so let me, let me, the only thing let they me. can do is fire you from a crappy job and you can get another crappy <laughs> job if that's where you're at in life. I, I, I think you... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> God damn <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the perfect example of what you're saying is Colin Kaepernick. In a position, he didn't care nothing but the money. He just felt like he needed to say what he needed to say. And because of that, I feel personally and professionally that other players didn't jump on the bandwagon what he was doing until it was cool to do so. You know what I'm saying? So he he had the money. He turned. He said, "Look, forget the money. Forget the game. This is this is what's going on. Black Lives Matter. Take a knee." Now all of a sudden, it's popular to do all this stuff among other people. So I I I, I, I agree. I see it all. The, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. I see people realize that. Yeah, I got the degree. I graduated top of my class. I work at this law firm. Da, 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 da. I'm about to make part. And guess what? This person is sick. Okay? It don't. On the way to a divorce. Can't see the kids. Busy working too much. They about to quit this job. They got tons of debt. Kids in college. You know what I'm saying? But in order for them to start their own firm, be more at peace and generate more generational wealth for their family and they can pass that practice down to their loved ones. They can't do it in the position they're in. The the, the degrees and the high power position don't mean crap at this point after a decade of working. So I agree with you saying. I see it so many times. You know, people just got to get out of the notion that uh, even when I came up in high school 1985, 1986, that's all my economics taught me and he was a black man go get good grades go to college get a good job yes, that's what they told Work me that's what my 40 years that's we are conditioned from birth you break now you gotta think about this what I mentioned earlier about black Wall Street we were ownership we had our own bodegas we had our own stores we had everything 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 you wipe out of that and then here come corporate America 
it forces you in, oh, I got to go get a job. I got to go get a career. Now the whole system comes back to student loans, education. It's all debt, 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 debt. Then you stuck mm-hmm. into a 30, 40. Oh, a, thir- a mortgage is a 30-year prison sentence. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That's 30 years. You know, so everything, is, as far as I'm concerned, is in a box. Okay. You go yeah, to work, well, I mean, you're in a box. Then, you go to car, mm-hmm. in a box. You come home, you're in a box. You go to bed, you're in a box. Everything is surrounded by a box. Cycle, so you're stuck in traffic. You're, on, you're like a gerbil on the wheel. And what I like what you're doing is that you left that, 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 that wheel from career and medical and pharmaceutical to jump off of that vicious cycle and launch and create blacktrade.com. So you're smart enough to do that. You realize, like, this, I can't do this no more. I have to do I, this. I don't feel like I don't like being called smart, and I don't. I don't think that. Um, you know, I think that God makes intelligent beings, and I think that. Um, I think smart is a no. I'm not. It's not an insult to you. Um, I'm. I'm. I, you know, I, I'm a little snooty because I'm. I, I come from a proofreading, copy editing background. So words. <laughs> I'm real funny with words. A lot of black people, in particular, get annoyed with me because the way I talk. Or the way I'm, I'm funny about how I express myself. Yeah, you don't or bother me. I, I'm good. No, no, no. I'm not saying you necessarily. I'm just saying in general, sometimes people get a little no, annoyed. But I have a copy editing and proofreading background where literally for the last 20, almost 21 years, I worked in written communication. So I'm real funny sometimes about how words are used because I, because of my past uh, career, um, essentially. To me, it's like a word means certain things, and I don't, I don't, you know, in American language, we have a one word we can use five different ways. And sometimes I'm like, I'm, my copy editor side of me is like, oh no, that word means one or two things, and don't tell me, don't say that word in this type of sentence because I'm gonna argue with you because <laughs> basically you, you, that's that's why. Okay, so so if I if I come off kind of like brushy or if I'm kind of like with certain things it's because it's that copy editor perfection side of me well, that is basically me, like me, no this, this me, actually really means that and we're using the wrong word look 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 i'm o- look i'm okay with all of that because i'm i'm used to the brashness i'm used to let's go hard this is all i know this is my lifestyle if you would have been a boring guest i'd be like oh my god can it be over? Okay, but I'm enjoying this because in actuality, you know, I love the energy. I can learn. Now it's an opportunity for me to, you know, uh, pay attention, learn something, engage. You know, I'll listen, I'll listen to you talk, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to say what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. It ain't no oh, yeah. It, it ain't no different with you and I. We would we were probably debating okay. on something yeah it's just it's the same it's just the same thing we're just doing it in the, in the interview um um process but you know i'm enjoying it i like it i agree yeah, with I, you I, you know what i'm saying thank I'm you cool. I, I, I just sometimes sometimes um sometimes i might uh, rub people a little bit the wrong way and i really don't mean <laughs> it and sometimes it's, it's just you know don't you think it's weird with if you piss somebody off or you rub them the wrong way but you but you technically agree with them it's kind of like that means it's some something funny going on in the communication so that's why i put that out there just to say you know if i put you if i if i if i if i rub you the wrong way i'm not trying to rub you the wrong way because i'm on the same page to you but i think what it is is just that um 
there's a lot of wealth. There's a lot of even rudimentary wealth. And I, and what I mean by rudimentary, I mean on the base level. There's so much. There's so much wealth in the black community, and we start. We got to stop right. reaching up for wealth, and we got to start reaching within. We are each black gold. Every single black person is black gold. God made uh, 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 Africa is, is is the richest soil in the world. Out of the whole entire world, the richest continent in the world and all of their wealth uh, half of pretty much half or more of the um, western world's wealth has come from africa it's come from gold it's come from sapphire it's come from minerals it's come from people okay we don't want to even go there right now but the fact of the matter is that black people are golden black people all over the world are golden in brazil and in, in the uk and the uganda and sudan and nigeria and angola all over in South Africa, you know, in America, in Canada, you know. And so black people have to just say, you know what? Everybody else is getting our stuff and everybody else is da-da-da-da-da. So let's just, let's just, let's turn a blind eye to the black BS because we, we do have our black BS. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> BB, listen, we have our BBS and, and we have to say, we're going to give each other the benefit of the doubt. And in the process of, of giving each other the benefit of the doubt, each one of us has to find something outside of the regular systems of, of <clears throat> commerce or jobs that we can do, that we can create, that we can make, that we can either. It, and this is it's twofold. When you learn how to make a product, say you learn how to make lamps. There's a guy in um, there's a place in Brooklyn. If you're in, in New York, there's a guy in Brooklyn and he has workshops on how to make lamps, copper lamps for like 100 bucks or or 150 bucks. Black people, black guys, black women, go and learn how to make lamps. Go learn, learn. Somebody go learn how to make lamps. You know what I mean? We have classes like this. They have more and more and more of these small little classes where you can learn really great skills that people are practically unheard of. At the um, at the uh, uh, Maryland uh, Marlene Mann Center, I believe it is, but it's a Jewish community center in um, in New York. They have shoe making classes for under five hundred dollars. You can learn how to go make a pair of leather shoes for five hundred dollars. Black awesome. ladies, there's black girls that. They're awesome. Yes, I took a class a couple years ago, and I was going to take another one last year, but I ended up coming back, moving back to Detroit like about a year ago. But anyways, um, awesome. Go make, go learn how to make shoes. There's a couple black girls that was already there. They was doing it um, um, before me. You know what I mean? Um, so there's a black guy. Uh, he's out in Las Vegas. He has a free thing online um, where you can learn how to make handbags. He was trying to charge people, but for some reason it didn't pop, and then they made it free. I forget the name of it. But these are the type of things that I'm just wanting to encourage black people to get into and, and, and yeah. get away from the pettiness, get away from her nails aren't done, get away from her, her hair isn't, um, you know, her kitchen isn't straight. Uh, uh, these are the type of things that are keeping black people down because we're getting petty over little petty things, and then people are getting rich off of us, and then we still stand in the same situation, and then only thing black people can say is, I got a job. I got a job. Yeah, you got a job so you can pay somebody else so you can stay basically in slavery. Because that's basically right. what it is. It's your your job is basically your your your, your it, it's not to say your boss directly, but it's like basically the company the company owns you. Because if you don't have your paycheck, you can't you can't handle your basic bills and you can't get the things that you want outside of your basic now, bills and necessities. And so right. that's what I, we need to be doing. That's 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 great information. Um, I read one time where. Um, African the, the, the dollars say in the African American community 
around three days or less. Okay, where in other cultures, the African, I mean, the dollar, their dollars stay in their communities around 21 days to 30 days. Um, so the difference is we don't have nowhere to, to put our money. That's that that right. that's, that's the real. Not I only, mean, that's, I mean, I, yeah. Not it's only almost that. not. It's it's not our fault. It's not a hundred percent our fault. But that's why that's why I'm so energetic about telling black people you got to get over the the silliness and the cattiness because we got cattiness going in all different directions and, and black people just coming at each other for silliness. Um, this is the whole thing. Um, it's almost, it's not 100% our fault, but I'm putting out the information, and as I'm sure as other people, that black people in America, and specifically in America, you, we have to become industrial designers. We have to become product designers. We got to know how to make lamps. We got to know how to make mirrors. We got to know how to make chairs and tables and books and, and printing. And somebody's got to have a plastic factory, and somebody's got to have a, know how to do molding. For, for when people come up with inventions and they want to test out a product and, and and we got great painters and we got great fashion designers and we need more and we need more products and we need more product designers because the fact of the matter is even though it, it, it's painful to hear that the black money stays in a, a black community for maybe three days but the truth of the matter is we don't have anywhere to put our black money because we got to be making products the black people got to well, be making products yeah. to resell now, well, to other black too, people it's, 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 it's twofold to that part of it because sometimes we're so conditioned of getting the latest whatever it is that as soon as most people get paid they run out and they want to go shopping just to look cute or try to impress people they don't even like or people who don't like them uh, I agree with you is don't we don't really have uh, places where we can put it however you know we need to learn how to save our money invest in our money into ourselves into our own businesses and create generational wealth for ourselves. We have to own things, you know. We have to we have to purchase land. We have to purchase uh, a property. We have mm-hmm. to start businesses, you know, to make sure that that money. Just to say, uh, when I stayed in New York, okay, perfect example. In every neighborhood in New York, when I stayed up in Rochester, New York, upstate New York, every corner was owned by either somebody of Pakistani descent. Uh, a gas station was owned by um, same thing, or uh, in hair salons, or fruity nail salons were owned by Asian or Korean. We didn't own none of those places in our neighborhood, but we always bought um, beer, lotto, cigarettes, you know, blunts. We got our hair done, nails done, all that stuff like that. Only thing we really had was barber shops and liquor. What liquor stores that we didn't even own as well. So no. soon as we soon as we got paid we we were going in that area because some people didn't have transportation to go outside to purchase anything this this is from my experience this is what i'm saying now living in atlanta is totally different like african-americans are here there's businesses all over the place that's doing very well you know very well people are making lots of money and they're supporting one another here i've seen that versus when i was staying up north over 14 years ago so it's, it's you know it's a difference it's it's you know once we generate our money create our own money create on our business and, and get individuals thought leaders and visionaries such as yourself to put the word out more and be very because you're very vocal you're very animate about <laughs> how you feel where you want to go and see i'm gonna tell you something 
when it comes no I'm, I'm being serious right now when it comes down to putting that message out you need that energy out there you know what I'm saying you need that type of energy that's going to spark people to pay attention and listen to what you have to say to encourage them you know to infuse their mind the next time they want to go spend money on all this high end stuff that you do not even need you know it's all cheap material they're just putting a low label on there you get come on man you know what I mean? You get once you get past that, like your energy is very robust. Okay, so you need that energy on the front lines to help educate. Like like you said, making making uh, shoes, making um, lamps. You know, I I was about to say yeah, but are they interested in making lamps? Well, maybe some they people may. They got furniture. They got they got furniture classes. They got um, furniture making classes. They got um, different places. I mean, I'm telling black people go online. Anything, anything. I'm telling you, anything. Even if you was like, I want to make a different type of flat screen TV. I'm telling you, if you Google it, you could probably find somebody um, that has a class for it somewhere. And so, black people, we we need to start learning these type of things, and then we need to re um, we need to re input them into into our community. So we, we can't covet things the same way Europeans cover covet things. We have we have to come completely from under the European construct of how um, money, goods, service, and particularly knowledge is distributed. Because one of the things is is that the whole financial system is part of how um, knowledge is coveted because we have to pay to get knowledge. Black people, we're going to have to do something different. We're going to have to say, you know what, um, I like to make handbags and shoes, so I'm working on developing, um, learning how to make uh, different handbags and shoes. I may have to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just uh, uh, make uh, show people, um, anybody really, because it's online. Uh, I'm gonna just show uh, 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 people how to make um, handbags and shoes for free because I want to put this information and this knowledge in back into the black community and say, hey, if you can give me a donation, but to, you know, watching my classes or my courses or whatever I can teach you, then that, or maybe I'll write a book and then you can pay for that and then I can generate a little bit of income off of that. But black people, we are we're under threat, and that's that's why my energy is like this. It's not just about okay, make you know, learn how to do fashion or learn how to make lamps or learn how to make furniture or sofas or or cabinets. Um, you know, learn what working so you can you know you know. Um, it's not just about that. What it is is that we're under threat. We're under threat. The, the whole the whole world global economy has changed how the financial system and the people that rule the financial system look at human beings and human life. Twenty years ago, um, when I first started off in corporate America, um, uh, you you had a job and you you had a job title and you had job duties. Now you get a job in corporate America, you have a job title you have job duties and then you have a role what's the role what's the role what's the role what is a role you know and they they laid a role right in your job description yeah so basic so basically so basically you have a job title which basically is supposed to say essentially what you do you have a job duties that break down and maybe give a bulleted list of the different tasks or the different areas that you have to oversee or you have to execute as you're doing your, your job. You know what I mean? And then you have a role where you have to basically, what is it, do extra duties for the company? It, it don't make no sense what's going on. So the thing is, is that um, in order for black people to be free, we're going to have to get knowledge 
quickly, not necessarily through the traditional means of a university or college. We have to get skills. We have to get rudimentary skills because that's how people can come up. That's how you can be independent. Being a bookkeeper, being an accountant, um, even being an attorney or a doctor, well, doctors is a little bit different um, because that gets physical real quick. but anyways, we have to make physical products because that's, how, that's what makes the world go around. All of the services, almost every service that a person does in life is connected to a product, okay? If you're selling advertising, then um, generally somebody has a product to sell. Sometimes they can advertise a product or a service, but you get where I'm going with that. Okay. Yes. So the thing is, so the thing is, is that if you're doing services, if you, if you're if you're a black person and you have a great degree or whatever, and you're doing a service business, say you got an accountant, you're an accountant, and you do really good as an accountant, then even as an accountant, you might want to learn how to sew. You might want to learn learn how to make handbags. You might want to learn how to make wallets. You might want to learn how um, to make curtains or, or home decor. Or you might want to say, since, I, I, you know, I'm really not into that, maybe I, I always wanted to paint. I'm telling you, if you take a couple of art classes, a couple of drawing classes, almost anybody can learn how to paint and draw and do these type of creative things. Black people are crafters. Black people are creators. Black people are, are, are developers. Black people are, are, are thought leaders. Black people are thinkers. And so we have been taught to get away from a lot of our creativeness and we even block in the arts community in many ways. I mean, you wouldn't imagine how bigoted the art community is. The art community is very, very big. My mother has a fashion, not a fashion degree. My mom has a fine art degree. Um, and, and so I've been exposed to this type of stuff for a long time. And, and I already told you my parents did made all of our clothes and stuff when I was a kid. But the thing is this, um, we have to have these things because if, if there's no power for a week, how are you going to communicate? If something really bad happens, we're all, we're all dependent on these systems and these methods that, that we don't control. And we don't have enough rudimentary skills to get by. You know, you see all of these preppers and you see all of these patriots where they, they got every different gadget to happen if something bad happened. And everybody said, oh, they're nuts. But I guarantee yeah. you, I guarantee you back in uh, 2003, of 2003, I was living in New York City and I had actually got my first full-time job as a pharmaceutical proofreader, as a full-time job. I was doing freelance work, as uh, doing legal and financial before that. And then I got a full-time job. And on my first day uh, at the work um, uh, was the day of the blackout. Remember the blackout in New York back in like 2003? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was on my first day in, I was on my first day in job at a big ad agency. Um, one of the first pharmaceutical ad agencies um, that got started about 60 well now it was 60 years ago now it's 80 years ago because that was like that was close to 20 years ago now. So uh, anyways, I was working at an ad agency then and, and and I had to walk home to Harlem from 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 downtown at like Park Avenue. I had to walk from Park Avenue all the way up to like 127th Street to my apartment. you know what I mean? And I was lucky because I lived on up. Well, it wasn't in the dark yet. I was making it up there before before it got dark. But um, I was lucky because I lived on the Upper East. Uh, I lived on a, in Harlem, and Harlem is connected to the same um, same electrical grid as um, as the Upper East Side, which is some of the richest people in the in the city. Right. Ironically, <laughs> so the people in East Harlem that was like on my line of all of the people that were there, our, our lights were back on by like five in the morning. Except the next day, our stuff was back on. 
I was Good. lucky because I lived in, I happened to live on the east side of Harlem. I was right connected to some of the richest people in the city. But it was people like I had a sister living on uh, 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 on the Lower East Side. It, they they didn't get their power back on for almost two weeks, if not longer. I mean, I kept going down to yep. visit. They was I was like, ours is on. I'm back on. I'm smiling. I'm happy. They're like, oh, we we're still waiting to get our stuff back on. <laughs> and these are the type of things that black people need to be prepared for. When Katrina happened, the black people didn't have no boats to get out of there. They had to wait on somebody. And if people not trying to come and really save black people like that, I mean, we just got to be real with ourselves. We had COVID happen. We had all over the country. We have these crazy numbers of African-Americans dying of COVID when it really was unnecessary. Black people have to be financially secure and stable so that when emergencies and disasters happen, well, we can help each other and we can help ourselves right. even. Well, We're not in a position not, to help not, ourselves. We always contingent on somebody else not, or something. Not, not. Now, I agree with you, but not just us. Like, you, if you think about, like, Puerto Rico right now. Puerto Rico is in the line of sight of two major storms coming in where they're getting pounded. When the last storm hit them, you know what I'm saying, nobody really came to their rescue the way they thought. You want this presidency of this government right here. They just left out the dry a little bit. You know, um, but I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff is not is a lot of the stuff is not that cut and dry. Um, a, a lot of the stuff is not that cut and dry. It's a lot of background politics that go on, and oh, it's yeah. not what you necessarily right. what we necessarily believe in the media. Um, the thing is, like even with Haiti, um, Haiti needs to get their gold back. I mean, give Haiti their gold back. I mean, Haiti is they they protest. They've been protesting in, in Harlem and in different places in New York because these people have come down to Haiti on some uh, supposedly humanitarian mission, and they knew there was gold down there. And now they 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 taking you know Haiti's gold. Haiti. I just found out last night that Haiti has a quarter of the pop uh, black uh, Haiti's population is a quarter of the African American population in the United States. So the statistic I had was there's about 42 million um, black people in the United States. It's probably more like 50. That was my guess. My guess was 50, but the statistic that I, that I saw said 42 million. And then Haiti has about um, eight, eight, 8 million or about a quarter, about a quarter of the black population in the United States. That's a lot of folks. And they, yeah. then they, they can't get their gold. They can't get their gold because somebody came and supposedly because of an earthquake and was supposed to be helping them. And now somebody's taking their gold. And Haiti is one of the poorest countries in right. the world. I mean, this is the type of thing that black people have, need to have enough infrastructure to combat. We can't even help our Haitian brothers and sisters get their gold because we don't have Pr- our situation Pr- set up where, Pristina, where, where Pristina, we can. Pristina, Pristina, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. <laughs> Okay, so okay. we gonna I'm, I'm gonna let you call back. We're gonna have to continue this on another show on, on me. Um, so <laughs> it's a lot to talk about. Okay, so let's hold on. So anyway, this is this is uh, the Your Best Lifestyles International podcast. I'm your host Terrence Hutchinson, along with Christine, the fiery. I'm gonna say the fiery, <laughs> very fiery Christine Petway. Um, the owner of uh, the founder of blacktrade.com go to the website google i would ask christine if she has any final thoughts but i don't i think she's nailing it all right now i'm not going to ask this i do have final thoughts i do have final thoughts (laughs) all right so your final (laughs) thoughts and then let everybody know um your social media how they can connect with you to learn more about blacktrade.com Okay, black people, first of all, love yourself, 
love yourself, have a relationship with God, and give each other black people the benefit of the doubt. Start with giving each other the benefit of the doubt. Do not assume that another black person is harmful or up to no good. Assume that they are perfect and a good person and, 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 and trying to do the right thing. Now, we have to all learn some product development. Any kind of product development that you ever, ever, ever thought about, you can do. You can make any product that you've ever thought about doing. And that's what we need to be on the road to learning because we have to share our skills. We have to learn skills to make products and products. And then we have to share our skills with other black people so they can make products. And we cannot be afraid there's another black person that's making handbags or shoes or coats or jewelry or, or skin products. We have to all do it. There's uh, Every other community has, they got 50 Ebays now. They got 50 different Ebays. They got 50 different fashion, 50,000 different top fashion com- companies. None of the top labels, global labels, are, are black owned. We need to make it where we have not only black labels and black fashion designers, but we need to have that resonance. We need to resonate all over the world. Our tentacles need to be uplifted all over the world because we have so much greatness. We have so much great great craftsmen and creative people, and we need to bring all of that out, and we need to develop all of that because over the next 10 years, things are going to change very drastically because technology is changing the way people address life, and that is the reality. If we cannot sustain our own lives, then... Then, then, then our lives are in jeopardy. That's what it is. We have to sustain awesome. our own lives so that our lives are not in jeopardy. It's not about dissing another group or disliking another group or having any ill will to anybody. What it is is that we have to be fully responsible for sustaining our own lives. Awesome. Okay. So, okay. Good, good, good. Christina, she, she got a lot of information. We're going to have to do round two with Christina. We're running out of time. Christina, one fast thing, tell everybody your social media contacts, and we're going to have to get off. We're running out of time. Okay, I'm Black's Trade on Twitter. I am Black's Trade Global on Instagram. Uh, we're on kickstarter.com, so go to uh, quick kick, Kickstarter and Google um, uh, and, and search for uh, Black's Trade, or you can get our link on one of our social media pages. We're developing our website. It's a blog right now, but you can go on to um, you can go into Kickstarter and find out how to join. You can join and you can support the Kickstarter campaign. Or and we also have a I also have a um, a giveaway right now that I'm doing where if you join on um, directly on our website, uh, the link is is on um, online. Um, it's it's Black Trade at, at Share Share Tribe. But I don't want to confuse you. Just go to the go to one of the links of Kickstarter. It's probably the best place to go. The link is on there and explain explains Black Trade and um, about the initiatives that we're doing. And um, you can enter to win a free handmade handbag from me or um, another leather leather product because I have stuff for guys and for girls. So you can enter and you can um, be entered to win and it goes until the end of September. So that's another thing that I'm doing just for fun so people can see the type of things they can make with their hands. That's awesome. That's awesome. Your Best Lifestyles International podcast, man. I'm trying to tell you, we always have thought leaders and very fiery individuals such as Christine Petway right here, as you hear, as you can see. Man, this one is one for the books as well. You know, we hear the old Robinson Public Relations Public Relation and Media Group Studios here in the ATL, Georgia. I'm your host, Terrence Hutchinson. 
and looking for be looking for this one out because listen this one is going to be really good so this is going to be out within an hour or two i'm gonna have it done and uh it's very informative it's very explosive very fiery and you're going to hear everything you need to hear from christine petway and more all her links and everything so once again i am uh terrence hutchinson here with my my great host my great guest excuse me christine petway the founder and owner of blacktrade.com and we hope that you love this show as i do and um christine thank you so much for your time just hold the line for me i hope you. you guys enjoy and have a great night and i'll talk to you again to later bye Welcome back to another episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast, brought to you today by Lady Walker Clothing Company. Lady Walker Clothing Company is an emerging clothing line that focuses on empowerment, inspiration, and pride for men, women, and teens. The brand Stand Strong and Walk Tall is about bringing awareness to those who suffer from abuse, bullying, and low self-esteem. We must learn to appreciate, respect, and love ourselves. Check out our line at www.bonfire.store/stand-strong-and-walk-tall. That's the Lady Walker Clothing Company. Go there today.